Today, our show is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you are among them, know that you're not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months of use. Nutrafol is physician-formulated to be 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective doses, so you get the most reliable results. And no matter your stage in life, they have a solution. Nutrafol women's formulation is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair loss caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, or environmental toxins. Their other formula, Women's Balance, is for additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code SELFIE to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code SELFIE. Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste, you know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. On today's episode, we are talking about eating well, we're talking about moderation, our personal no-nos, food shaming, lots of different aspects of eating well. We're also looking at that last facet of Myers-Briggs, judging versus perceiving, which should be an interesting conversation. And lastly, we are talking about one trend we are totally into right now, a fashion trend. And Kristen hates mine. I hate yours. That's so rude. We'll get there in a minute. All right. Let's talk about eating well. Okay. 
<laughs> you know, what's funny is we did our first ever episode on sleep. And now we're doing an episode on eating. And, you know, sleep and eating, I mean, these are like two of the basic, like, you have to do these things to survive. <laughs> these are, you know, like, you have to eat. Um, and yet, for me, sleeping and eating are two of the most difficult self-care things for me. I would gander that most people have a problem with eating. We all do. Yeah. It's just it's eating well. Eating well. It's sticking with a healthy diet all the time, which I just, how do you even do that? Well, it's difficult because we really live in a society, I mean, those of us especially who live in America, um, you know, there's even a a term, the standard American diet. I mean, we are not really set up for healthy eating the way that we live right now. We live with convenience foods. We live with busyness, um, you know, and, and so it is, you have to try hard to eat well in our oh, current society. Do. It's a job. It it's is. like, it's a, it's a side career that you have eating well. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to Instagram it or it you, didn't happen. Exactly. You've got to Instagram it. You've got to do all of that. You've got to follow everyone on Instagram, make sure you're eating just the right thing. Okay. So quickly, let's talk about, do you have any sort of consistent type diet that you stick with? Is there anything that's a no-no for you? Well, <laughs> it's funny. I just had a, a conversation with someone about this who was convinced that, you know, everyone who's gluten-free is just, it's a fad. But I generally don't eat gluten. Now, I don't think no one should eat gluten. You know, I don't think gluten's evil. But for me, I find that I feel a lot better when I'm not eating gluten. Yes, I agree. I stopped eating gluten, oh my gosh, what, four or five years ago? It was yeah. actually on the recommendation of my doctor. I was experiencing a lot of health issues at the time, and we could not figure things out. And in order to reduce inflammation in my body, he suggested going gluten-free, which I have found to not be that difficult. Um, there, of yeah. course, there are some days that, yeah, I'd really like an actual bagel or pizza or whatever. But the one thing I have to say about going gluten-free is that I didn't I didn't have a sensitivity to gluten, at least an outward sensitivity. It didn't bother my stomach. I never really noticed it. And then I stopped eating it. But over the past year, I've slowly tried to reintroduce it just a little bit, not because I want to eat a whole bunch of gluten, but just to see what would happen. And now I have problems with gluten. You know, I have heard that from a lot of people and I feel like I have experienced the same thing. You know, I will go through phases where I eat gluten again, especially if I'm on a trip where I'm not mm -hmm. in charge. Mm -hmm. um, so like I just recently went to Iraq and Lebanon and I mean, their diets there are basically pita bread <laughs> with everything. <laughs> and I kind of said, well, I'm just going to eat gluten for the week. And I felt it. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to say to anyone out there that is thinking about cutting gluten from your diet, just because it seems like that's the thing to do, maybe don't do that because <laughs> I, I, you're never going to be able to eat a bagel again without having a major belly ache. So, yeah, I I, you know. know, but I mean, there are obviously it does, it has been proven time and time again to cause inflammation in the body. So if you're looking to reduce inflammation and that can, 
that can uh, spell out in many different ways. But overall, if you're looking to reduce inflammation in the body, it is a great thing to cut out. And nowadays, I feel like it has, it's interesting that your friend said that because I do feel like it has turned into a fad. It's gluten-free is the new low fat. Remember when like all the low fat food came out? It completely is. And it's, it's causing the exact same phenomenon, which is if you remember, you know, when we were in high school and college, everything was fat free. So I would literally, I would go eat Papa John's breadsticks and be like, they're fat free. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Or yes. I would get fro froyo. It's fat free. It doesn't matter. And what you don't realize is you're consuming all of these empty car- like carbohydrates, all these empty calories. It's, it's not nutrient And I think the same thing is happening with the gluten-free movement because, I mean, we've both been gluten-free long enough to have tried lots of the products. Like a lot of these gluten-free products are still super unhealthy. They're based on, right. They're terrible. They're, they're, the, the breads are dense. They're, um, low in nutrition. Um, they, the cookies are just full of sugar. I mean, they've taken the gluten out, but then they've added in things that aren't necessarily good. So my version of gluten-free does not look like eating a bunch of packaged gluten-free products. Right, right. Because that's the thing. You could eat a highly processed diet still being gluten-free. All of those crackers, I go to the grocery store and it's like an entire aisle of gluten-free crap and it's just processed crap. So I mean, some of it's totally delicious. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but you can you can absolutely you you know you can still gorge yourself. I mean, I still do it. You know, I bought some gluten free crackers for the family and like ate the entire box by myself the other day. You can still go nuts eating gluten free. You can go totally cuckoo, but you know what doesn't have gluten in it? Hmm, Fritos. <laughs> Oh, totally. <laughs> Doritos, also gluten-free. But Doritos have MSG and that gives me a headache. So I can, I can, there's yeah. a reason for that. But seriously, my dad, he's always, he thinks gluten-free is the biggest fad ever. And he's always like, you, fine, eat your gluten-free, have a Frito chili pie. Okay. Thanks dad. That's great. Yeah. Ice know. cream, gluten-free, um, Skittles, gluten-free. Oh, Skittles are gluten-free. But do you, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Do you know what has gluten in it that I just what? saw that just, blew my mind because I don't understand why it would have flour in it. Twizzlers. Oh yeah. Licorice is totally made of flour. All the licorice. I was on a road trip. I allow myself to eat Twizzlers only while on a road trip. That's just my rule. It's always been that way. And I got that package and I was so excited. And I turned it around. It said wheat, wheat flour in Twizzlers. That is a bunch of bunk. Okay, I'm laughing that we're delving into a licorice conversation as we dis- as we discuss eating well. But Sorry. Sarah, Twizzlers, I mean, not to be a snob, but like that's the worst licorice. Twizzlers well, are like the worst licorice. Okay, well, I don't like anise. Is it anise? Yeah, anise, yeah. anise, whatever that. I don't like, you don't? like, do you eat black licorice? I love black licorice. Oh my God, barf. But, I just if, but if we're talking red licorice, Twizzlers are the worst. I think they're delicious. I mean, you've got... I think, see, to me, it goes Australian soft licorice, the very best. But you're such a snob. Red vines, okay. (laughs) Twizzlers, worthless, tastes like plastic. Okay, shut your mouth right now. Whatever. Twizzlers, cherries, disgusting, and the bites. But the original strawberry twists (laughs) are delicious. They are delicious, and I enjoy them every day that I'm on a road trip, which is twice a year. Don't rain on my parade, Kristen Howerton. Well, clearly, I think our audience is hearing that we are both willing to make concessions <laughs> to the eating well rules. <laughs> okay, so here's but the deal. Moderation. Moderation. Okay, moderation. 
I, I was an extremely good eater when I lived in Southern California. Those last couple of years, you saw me. I, I was almost to paleo. I wasn't really eating anything processed. I wasn't eating dairy. I was basically eating meat, vegetables, some fruits, only drinking water. Oh, you were full. You were full like green oh, whole yeah. foods. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were. And I, I felt pretty good. I was, um, it was fine and dandy. And then I moved back to Oklahoma, which I don't know if you know, but Oklahoma has the highest rate of diabetes in the nation. Oklahoma City, there are corners, and I am not lying to you, where there are three or four different chicken finger type fast food restaurants all competing on the corner. People are fast food freaks here. Chick-fil-A's, every single one of them in the city has blocks of cars <laughs> all day long, every day. People do not know how to eat well here. I mean, there's a small movement, but most people eat crap all day. Now, I don't do that, but there are... <laughs> Now that I'm spending more time with my family and we have weekends by the pool, you know, my diet has definitely slipped. We're drinking. Well, and I do think there are regional differences in the way people eat. And, you know, Southern Californians, well, first of all, they tend to be actually super vain and materialistic. But along (laughs) with that, you know, they are kind of obsessed with eating well. And I mean, I'm from Florida. I go back home and it's like, bring on the casserole made with you know, some cream of something soup, there are regional differences in eating. And it is a little bit easier to eat while out in California because there is that sort of peer pressure social. That's kind of how people roll out here. Oh, absolutely. That That is definitely the fact for Southern California. That is not the fact for here in Oklahoma. I still try to eat well, but I will say also produce in Southern California is a lot cheaper than in Oklahoma. You know, I never thought I'd be paying more money in Oklahoma, but it takes a lot further to get where we are than where you yeah, are. Yeah, that I makes even, sense. I won't even tell you how much an avocado costs here. But it's just, it's been a little bit harder. So I've definitely slipped a little bit since I've moved in the past three years. And of course, I just chalk it up to being like, well, hey, it's all about healthy moderation. But I still think I eat well. I think you eat pretty well. I will say on the moderation front, this is a difficult... A, a big difficulty for me. I believe in moderation. I like that idea of 80-20. But I find for myself in terms of eating well, I'm either eating all the way well, like I'm on some program, like I'm whole 30-ing or something, mm-hmm. or I'm just eating crap. Like I struggle with moderation. I, I, I just am like all or nothing. I don't know why I'm like that, but like I just find that if I haven't like set some serious parameters for myself, then I can make excuses all day of like moderation. Oh, I'm the exact same way. Are and, you? Mm-hmm, I, it is. I mean, when I'm, when I am focused and honed in on something, I can follow the rules, but it's just like getting a bag of, we don't keep sweets in our house, but we have chocolate chips because once in a while we make chocolate chip cookies, gluten-free of course, but, <laughs> <laughs> but totally healthier, so much healthier. Don't even count all that sugar. But if I open a bag of chocolate chips and I'll tell myself I will eat five, I will not eat five. I'll end up eating 40. And this extends to snacking. If it's four o'clock in the afternoon, I will say to myself, okay, I'm going to eat some carrots and hummus. 
and then I eat the carrots and hummus. But then I'm like, well, I probably should have a handful of mixed nuts, which I then eat. And then I'm like, well, I probably should have this, this, and this. And it becomes this horrible snowball effect. And I've suddenly eaten 17 snacks in 30 minutes. However, if I just wouldn't have eaten the first one, I wouldn't have eaten anything. It's like somehow my brain, <laughs> my brain like just completely ticks and says, okay, keep on, keep on eating. What is yeah. wrong with me? No, I am the same way, which is why, you know, for me, eating well often looks like me following a plan. Like I kind of, I kind of need a plan. Yes. Um, which, you know, is tough, but, but there's so many, you know, I don't know if, I don't know what you want to call them, eating plans, diets, fads, but you know, there's, there's paleo, there's whole 30, there's keto, you know, and, and it does seem like every time you go to dinner with someone, like someone, you know, <laughs> someone in a group of 10, two of the 10 at least are on some, you know, <laughs> some difficult some diet. Some sort of diet. But I have found for me that being on Whole30, um, I, I consistently eat well and it forces me to buy fresh and whole fruits and vegetables and cook with them. And it's like, if I'm not on Whole30, I'm just kind of like, a free, it's a free for all. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing about Whole30. I love eating whole 30 foods. It exactly. completely satisfies me. Satisfies me. I cannot deal with the food prep. And cause that's well, the thing. If you haven't prepped, if, okay, if I don't prep personally, if I don't have all of those veggies cut up and all that, I come home from, for lunch and I just look at my refrigerator and it's like, does not compute. I, I mm -hmm. don't know what to eat. And then I start mm -hmm. eating crap. So if Same. I can just get myself to the point where I know there's a lot of food bloggers and people I wa watch on Instagram that do this where they prep on Sunday yeah. and they have like everything in the refrigerator and it's all perfect for the whole week. If I could do that, I'd be the best eater ever. But oh my God, that is a lot of chopping. Well, this is why I end up doing a whole 30 or, you know, putting myself on a plan because if I'm on a plan, I will do that. I've been that person who, who does everything on a Sunday, but I can't seem to stay that person. <laughs> Like, like I've done that, but I'm not doing it right now. And I think, you know, in addition to the moderation, which I think is a big issue for, for people, I think the difficulty of meal planning, shopping and food prep is also what keeps a lot of us from eating well. It's not that we don't want to. Oh yeah. It's, it's the meal planning. I mean, I, if someone would put a whole food diet in front of me at every meal, I'd eat it. Oh, I would eat. Oh, I would eat it. I wouldn't complain. I would be thrilled. I like eating healthy foods. I just don't like making them. I don't either. I mean, if someone, if someone, oh, who wants to make this beautiful bowl of lentils and avocados and pickled radish that's the most beautiful thing ever and you Instagram it, but I can't do all that. I mean, I can, no. but I don't, I don't want to. So it looks like we have to either get a personal chef or um, not eat like that. <laughs> because I, I don't think I can eat like that. Well, I, th I think it, I think it do it does really come down to, and this is one of the things we keep talking about self-care. Why don't we do it? It comes down to prioritizing ourselves. And I, I don't make a, a priority. I, I completely fail at making a shopping list and then I fail at shopping and then I fail at the food prep. And, you know, it, it really comes down to me not putting that on my to-do list and making a million other things more important than that. I know. 
I just think this is a hard, hard topic. And then it's almost the pressure too, just being that we're both bloggers, we're both on social media a fair amount. Mm -hmm. And so I say, hey, I'm going to maybe do Whole30. And so I start following people that are really inspirational to me and I end up just feeling like a loser I'm going to go on this diet. Let's do it together. I, it would ultimately be like, I would start thinking, okay, I've got to like really get this like lined up and this doesn't look good enough. And you know, is that just me? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons when I've done whole 30, I typically don't announce it because first of all, no one, no one wants to hear about it. No one wants to hear when you're going on whole 30, then you get obsessed and you start like posting all of your food photos and like people unfollow you. But don't Until you think you're done. that holds you to the fire? I feel like the reason I announce yeah. it sometimes is that like, I want to stay, I don't know. No, I do agree. I mean, I have I have for sure announced like I'm going to run a half marathon and I've announced it just so I would I would do it, do it. for fear of social <laughs> judgment. <laughs> that is a great way to live life. That right? is all about self-care. Mm-hmm. There you go, guys. That's her advice. Oh my God. Shame yourself on social media into doing things. It works sometimes. <laughs> We've talked a lot about skincare on the show and specifically tretinoin. If you're not familiar, it's a retinoid, which is an active vitamin A derivative that's used to improve the texture, tone, and appearance of the skin. Today's sponsor, Dear Brightly, has a product called Night Shift, and tretinoin is the active ingredient in Night Shift. This is the only FDA approved retinoid for treating photoaging, which is premature skin aging due to long term sun exposure. Tretinoin stimulates collagen production to prevent and treat signs of premature skin aging from years of sun damage, things like fine lines and wrinkles, dark spots, uneven skin tone, and big pores. Tretinoin can only be acquired through a prescription, but it's 20 times more potent than the -the over-the-counter retinol products. It's one of the most well-researched ingredients with over 50 years of research behind it for both acne and photoaging. I had a chance to try Night Shift and I'm really liking it. I have the unfortunate experience of having both breakouts and wrinkles at the same time, and it's great for both. I have seen my fine lines decreasing. I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great, but a dermatology-grade retinoid is even better. Night Shift is their dermatologist-formulated serum that's tailored to your skin by doctors online. Dear Brightly works by you first of all starting by sharing your skin story with them, then a doctor evaluates your skin and your skin history. They then tailor your formula and write a prescription, if applicable, and your tailored serum will be delivered to you in the mail. It's super simple and easy. Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. 
The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid. So you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry. And their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily. So you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. The razor kit is only $9 with free shipping and it comes with two blade cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their cloud shave foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. (laughs) Okay, is there anything else that you don't eat? Like I haven't had caffeine for 15 years. What, 15 years? Girl, yeah. Ever. I, I am naturally caffeinated. If wow. I drink, If I drink an espresso, I will look and act like a person who's on a cocaine bender. And I am not exaggerating. It affects me in the most manic way. My heart races. I can't think. Um, and so this all started when I was in my mid twenties and I was having panic attacks and my doctor told me to cut caffeine and wow, that certainly helped. And so I've never gone back because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. Well, yeah, I don't blame you. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible. And I kind of want to see it. <laughs> well, okay. This is the other thing about me, which you just saw, you witnessed this two days ago. I'm also the kind of person that if you give me a Benadryl, I get manic opposed to sleepy. Yeah. And so I am that person too. I, it just, it's so weird. So when I don't sleep, for instance, for some odd reason, let's just call it perimenopause. I woke up at 1.30 AM two mornings ago and just didn't go back to sleep. Just, I don't know. I just could not fall back to sleep. And that next day I was so manic. I could not stop talking. I could not stop walking. I could not stop pacing. I was just like in a tizzy. You would think I'd be on the couch just you know, totally half asleep, but no. So I just, my body, that's just the way I go. I run anxious. I always am going to go over the top with the energy and the anxiety opposed to like going down into just kind of a more depressed state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think caffeine, I don't drink a lot of caffeine. I'm not a coffee drinker. I do a green tea every morning, but that's the extent of caffeine for me. Is that a morning ritual for you? Green tea? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, and I'm not the person who, if I don't get any, like if I didn't get it, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I feel that. I would say maybe I drink a green tea five out of seven days of the week. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the best tea. It's, it's called lavender 
It's the weirdest blend. It's a stress away tea. Okay, I'm not going to remember the name. Why did I even bring this up? I'm going to have to link to it. We'll link self- to it. Put it up yeah. on selfiepodcast.com for us. I will, but it's the dem- the most delicious tea, and it's supposed to be for stress, but I don't know. I well, you taste. know, I mean, I... You know, I will say I'm a tea freak. You know that. Like I have drawers of tea at my house. What's your favorite? Um, I really love Tazo Zen. It's it's just a green tea with a little ginger. I love that. Now I love. We just were talking about anise and licorice. I love Egyptian licorice tea. I've never had that. So is it? It's yeah. I would not like it. I mean, it. But but then I I love another one, and this one it's actually called throat coat, and it's for when you're sick. But I drink it. I drink it actually almost every night. It's by Traditional Medicinals. Ooh. Um, and it just tastes really good. But it's it's got a little of that anise licorice taste. I like that. Um. Well, I have some very sad news to share with you. God, what? Um, I have recently discovered that I really can't drink wine. Because it gives me heartburn because I'm so old. Wait, stop. What? Both red and white? Heartburn? What? Well, red, red's given me heartburn forever, but it's starting with white. It's like I drink it and I get heartburn. It's like the acid? Yes, acid reflux. (gasps) Right up, right on up to my throat. Oh my God. Acid after I drink wine. How are you going to replace that? Are we talking hard alcohol or beer? Uh, you know, me, probably a gin and tonic, but I'm just, I really like wine. I do too. I would be really, really sad. And that's another thing that I've found as I get older, it doesn't give me heartburn, but it definitely gives me headaches, not even the day after, but while I'm drinking it. And I am really bummed about that fact, Kristen. It sucks. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I feel like we're giving our listeners absolutely zero positive motion for eating well. So I know you do eat well sometimes. Give us a couple of your best tips. I mean, you know, what are, because you, I mean, we're, we're being hard on ourselves, but you do still tend to eat very well as compared to the traditional American diet. So what are, what are some of your best tips? What are some of the ways that you stay on track? Okay. Staying on track, I have I my breakfast. Uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day for me. If I do not have breakfast, I feel like I'm just not operating on all cylinders. I feel the same way. Eggs and avocado are always in my diet in the morning. So yeah. either, whether or not it's a grain-free tortilla with some scrambled eggs and avocados with some salsa, that's usually something that I eat almost every morning. If for some reason I don't eat eggs and avocado, I will go an almond butter route or peanut butter on a piece of gluten-free toast. Um, so you're, you're getting a little protein in the morning, yes. which is really important. Yes. Protein is huge. And I like to hit it where I am really hitting it hard on calories and protein in the morning and lunch and yep. then tapering off. Yep. My, my dinners are very small. I don't usually eat a ton for dinner. So mm-hmm. um, the other thing is, which is random because I just went off on it, but I do I do at least have some peppers cut up, some lettuce cut up, some veggies that are cut up and ready to go because I'm usually kind of a salad person for lunch. Yeah, I, I love cold, crunchy things, and I, I do grab too. it. Do you? I love it. I totally do. Have you had that cruciferous mix from Trader Joe's? That's the cabbage I with love the it. oh, it's so good. It's so good. So yeah, I think my biggest tip is really the consistency and having the ingredients and kind of sticking with something. And then, you know, maybe go out to dinner with friends or out to lunch, I'll get something different. But I feel like I'm really heavy on making sure I'm getting protein.
protein in the morning. Yep. Um, so I, my brain's working optimally and then just kind of, I've just got, you know, standbys. I really do. Just things that I always go to that are healthy. What about you? Well, I'm like you, I eat two eggs over medium every single morning, like every morning, uh, because I think that getting protein in the morning is the key to not being hungry by 10 a.m. Yes. Like for me, if I eat a a carb-filled breakfast, I'm hungry faster. If I eat no carbs in the morning, just eggs, um, I can totally wait until lunch to eat again. Um, So I do really well at breakfast. I generally do pretty well at dinner. Our dinners usually consist, I mean, I'm I'm kind of boring and predictable, but our dinners with me and the kids, it's usually a protein, some brown rice, and a vegetable, you know, and I... I rotate between turkey burgers without the bun, chicken. Um, and my kids, you know, they like bland food, so it kind of works for everyone. Brown rice, some kind of a veggie. Often I'll stir fry um, like some sugar snap peas or um, I'll roast some peppers. So I do okay at dinner. I do okay at breakfast. Lunch is like the Wild West where I kind of fall apart. But when I'm doing well, sometimes, you know, I'll just buy a bagged salad just because yeah. it's better than something else. I just, you know, and this is something we talked about last week about how we kind of abdicate sometimes to taking care of everyone else. I forget constantly to buy myself lunch food. Yes. So I'm at home and I've gotten breakfast for everyone and I have a dinner plan for everyone. And then I'm like, I literally have nothing to eat for lunch. So then I eat crap. And I think that's what we were talking about earlier too. So I try to always have some veggies on hand and salad. So at least I can, ooh, ooh, ooh. Also like roasting chicken breasts, grilling chicken breasts, grilling five ahead of time and chopping them all up. I mean, sometimes that's all I'll eat because I just, I'm in a hurry or whatever. I'll come home and like grab a chicken breast and just gnaw on it. Like I'm some caveman or something, but that is super helpful to do that. But I hear you and where you get into trouble at lunch I get into trouble. I mean, four o'clock, man. I don't know what it is about four o'clock. I get my kids. I bring them home. They start snacking. And then I suddenly feel like I have the green light. And that is usually where my day, if it's going to go down, if it's going to go bad, that's when it's going to happen. Well, we have, I have a rule at my house that my kids can only eat something out of a package once a day. Yes. I love that rule. I've seen you do that. I've seen you employ that rule. And so I try to live by that as well, but I don't always. And one thing I do do I, that I've done before that has been super helpful because I know that lunch is a downfall for me. On Sunday, I'll make up a big chili, a bean-free chili. So it's basically, it's turkey, it's roasted um, peppers, it's super healthy, it's paleo. And I'll just put that huge, you know, I'll put my my huge vat of it in the fridge and I heat it up every day for lunch. When I do that, I really stay on track. The problem is I just don't do it. I know, which goes back to that same deal of, you know, prepping, shopping, yeah. shopping and prepping. That is yeah. where the problem lies. That is. But okay, so this is not, I hope not too off topic, but I'm interested because I do think your kids do snack and eat pretty well. I mean, you do have a couple that they are, do. you know, so what, I'm asking actually personally, but I'm hoping this is going to help someone else out there. My kids are the same way about the packages. Like I try to keep them on one, but they will just, we have a snack drawer and they go all for it. And it's all, you know, processed stuff. It's not horrible, but it's processed. So tell me some good snack ideas you use for your kids when they're after school. Well, I'm lucky in that my kids just love apples. 
And so I make sure I always have them on hand. I have a giant fruit bowl that they can grab from. Bananas, clementines, apples are right there. My kids like hummus. Um, I buy sugar snap peas that they and carrots. My kids love carrots. So I think, I mean, to be totally honest, I think a lot of it has been just deprivation. They don't have access to um, a lot of packaged foods. And so they've learned to like some of these healthier options. I mean, it's kind of the way that adults do a whole 30. It's really to reset and learn new habits. It's not a bad idea with kids. That's true. Okay. So what else do we have to say about eating well? We done with this? Have we like just basically complained for 30 minutes and you guys go figure it out for yourselves. Okay. Just go figure it out. And then will you please comment? You can comment at selfiepodcast.com on this particular show (laughs) and tell us how we can improve our eating habits. Although I think, well, I think, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, just to kind of put a button on it, I think we both have the information and we both have the habits at some times. And I think like so many aspects of self-care, it really comes down to discipline and prioritizing our self-care above other things. That's just the bottom line. We know how to do it. It's not like we can't figure it out. It's just, you know, that on Sunday, like, you know, with all of the other things you're going to do, like making sure that you go to the grocery store and prep some things and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm on it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see how that works. I know. We'll see how that works. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this. We're on the fourth week. We've looked at all of the different arms of Myers-Briggs, and now we are finally to the end, judging versus perceiving. Yeah, and this is an interesting one. I am um, an INFJ. You're an ISFJ, but I can really kind of go back and forth on the judging versus perceiving. Um, I'm kind of right in the middle of this one. So explain, Um, explain both sides. Okay, so judging versus perceiving um, really kind of has to do with your lifestyle and your organization. So people who are a J, like both of us are, we like plans, we like organizing, we like to-do lists. I mean, type A is another way of talking about that J. Um, We like structure, we we like methods, we don't like surprise and changes, Um, we really love ticking things off a list that gives us a lot of joy. That's so much fun. I know. Right. And that is so me. I mean, I have lived by the to-do list. Now the perceiving the P's are a little more fun than we are. Um, they like spontaneity. They like to be flexible. They like to see what the day brings. They like freedom and variety. Um, they like surprises. They like change. Um, they might use a list, but they're going to add to it all day long. Um, they tend to procrastinate and they like living kind of on the energy of waiting till the last minute. That sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Those people suck. (laughs) But I really vacillate between, I can really vacillate between those two things because I do generally like lists, but I can... I can really procrastinate and oh, wait Kristen. until the last minute. We both can. I mean, we yeah. I, we are both huge procrastinators. So <laughs> I feel like I could maybe be in the middle too, I guess, because yeah, procrastination central over here. You got to put me under yeah. pressure. I've got to feel like the pressure right this very second to do anything. So here, here are, according to the Myers-Briggs website, these are some statements that apply to to J's. I like to have things decided 
I appear to be task-oriented. I like to make lists of things to do. I like to get my work done before playing, um, which, yeah, that's definitely describes me, and I think it really describes you too. Mm-hmm. Now, on the perceiving, I like to stay open to respond to what happens. I appear loose and casual. I like to keep plans to a minimum. I like to approach work as play or a mix. I work in bursts of energy. Interesting. So how do you think this applies to self-care? Or do well, you? Well, I absolutely think it applies to self-care, and it really applies to what we were just talking about. Those of us who are Jays are sometimes slaves to the to-do list. And yeah. when we are so inflexible and when we don't put self-care on our to-do list, which people rarely do, Rarely. I mean, if I look at my to-do list, even right now, there's not a single self-care item on there. It's a bunch of tasks that I need to do. So when we're a slave to the the to-do list, we have to put our self-care on that list. True. Because we love checking things off a list so much that when we get to the end of the list, we'll put new things on there. Oh yeah, I or if I yeah yeah if I did something that wasn't on the list, I add it just to cross it out. Yeah. So if your personality tendency pushes you towards being on a schedule, you have to schedule in time for mindfulness even. Right. And no, it doesn't sound romantic or organic, but if that's how you're wired, that's kind of how you have to compensate for it. I agree. I mean, I have my times of the day that I do myself. Yeah. It just has to be. And that's why why you're good at it. I mean, because you have figured out how to compensate for your personality. Right. So what about on the other end? Well, you know, so they tend to be like on the cusp, um, doing things, you know, as they come. And so they might have to also schedule in self-care. Um, they may be a little better at it because they're a little, there's a little more ease for them to walk away from a schedule. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. But when you don't plan for things, it's just like, it's like the, the food planning. I mean, People who are peas are going to have difficulty with food planning and eating well just because they're like, well, we'll see what happens. Well, when you see what happens and it's 6 p.m. and you have to feed a family, things don't go well, you know? <laughs> that's, so, that's so true. Yeah, it's just interesting to me about the personality types in terms of self-care. So interesting. And I don't know, like, I've really enjoyed talking about the Myers-Briggs. And I want to, hopefully we can think of some other things to talk about down the road in terms of personality. Because I think um, well, it's... Well, I'm already a step ahead of you because I'm now obsessed with the Enneagram. <gasps> but I am too. I'm obsessed. So we've got to talk about the Enneagram. We have to talk about the Enneagram. So wait, yes. hey, this is a good idea. If you're listening, you should take the Enneagram test online. Yes. We'll link to it on selfiepodcast.com. Take and the we'll test. we'll also link to Myers-Briggs. Oh, of course, of course. We'll link to Myers-Briggs. But actually get ahead of the game with the Enneagram, yes. know your number. And we, mm-hmm. oh, that could, that would be fun. Oh yeah. I yeah. am obsessed too. I, I had taken it before and I kind of did some light reading, but man, that thing goes deep. It does. And it's scarily accurate. So accurate. I guess we both, yeah. should we, should we wait? Cause we, we're both we'll the wait. same Let's number. Let's not say who okay. we are. We're okay. both the same okay. number okay. though. Okay. Well, like it's not super obvious. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's pretty obvious what our number is. Okay. Okay. So on to Kristen's, the bane of her existence, our fashion trends trends that we're we're into. into. Okay. So we wanted to each share, you know, 
for fun, a fashion trend we're into. And Sarah's is my <laughs> giant fashion no. But go ahead and tell us your tell us your thing. Oh, girl, I am <laughs> loving the high waisted trend. <sighs> I love it. Are you kidding me? I love it. I love the high waisted skirts. I love the high waisted pants. I love. I mean, that makes you me at least like. And this is okay. This all comes down to body types, right? I think we're gonna come to. It we're gonna, does. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna like we'll we'll hash this that out. But if you're like me. And the best part of your body is your waist and your torso. High-waisted is a dream, unless you're super, super petite, like super short. But for me, I'm tall, and I love it because it comes up high. It accentuates my waist. I love wearing skirts in the summer with a little tank um, tucked in. It holds everything in. I'm sorry, but the low-waisted cut jeans, I'm over. I'm over. I'm over my ass crack hanging out in the back. Yeah, I'm I don't like, disagree with you there. My like cutting into my abdomen, my stomach hanging over or the sides. Like I love, I feel like it's such a tailored, beautiful look when you do it right. And I love it. Well, I agree. It looks great on you. <laughs> it looks great on a lot of people. It does not look good on me. And I just am tired of seeing these like, you know what I though dislike? I mean, I do think you tend to go for a more tailored look. And yes, it, it plays out more in skirts. What I'm tired of seeing is girls that are young enough to be my daughter wearing the jeans my mom wore. Not oh, yeah. me, but no. my mom wore in the 80s and 90s with a nine inch inseam or, you know, zipper coming up to the bottom of their boobs. I just, <laughs> or they're, okay. This is one that drives me nuts, and you don't do this, but they've got high-waisted jeans that come just to the bottom of their bra, and yet they're so short I can see their butt oh, crack. That's yeah. Now that throws me off the edge. The high-waisted like, and okay, then, like, their butt crack. Okay, why do we have so out. much fabric, so much short fabric above the thigh, and literally none below your butt? Like, yeah. just pull them down a little, ladies. Yeah, I am not a fan. God, that's everywhere too right now. It's everywhere. I, oh, I was recently at a college football game and it was just every single girl had the shortest shorts on. Now, I don't wear shorts, period. I never have. I don't either. I just don't wear shorts. I just I, don't I know. have I just a don't no like shorts them. policy. But like I just <laughs> I have that same policy. I follow it. But the high-waisted thing, especially with the longer jeans, and maybe they are even like a fuller-cut jean, not straight, you know what I'm saying, but like almost yes. like a flare, but not a flare because flare drives me crazy. There is a very specific thing I'm talking about. I'm going to link about it. But I think it looks so nice and tailored and just for certain body types. For me, I'm just happy because I have athletic legs and trying to like stuff them into skinny jeans for the past however many years, I'm just happy to have a little bit more room to wear that silhouette with the fuller leg and the high waist. I'm enjoying it. I mean, it. what you're saying makes sense, but it's it's just funny because I look better in skinny jeans, which doesn't make sense because I'm not skinny. Um, but well, I think but they look better on my body. you and I have very different body types. We do. We do. Our, we're we're kind of like flip-flopped. We are. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Call me crazy, guys. But I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, and I just want it to go away. Oh, it will be gone soon enough. It, it will. will be gone. We'll be back to some stupid skinny thing again. It's just fine. Okay, you tell me. What's yours? 
Okay, the trend that I am so into that I'm behind the curve because I'm sure they're like going out, but I love bohemian dresses so much. Really? Long, flowy dresses with patterns and prints that look like I just stepped out of the 70s, I'm obsessed with. Okay, so can we agree, first of all, that we both have a thing for the 70s because high waist was very big in this the 70s. Is true. So this we is both true. we both trend towards a 70s silhouette. I will say that. We do. Yeah. Because I agree about the dresses too, but go on. Go ahead. Well, I just, I mean, so many things I love about them. First of all, this was a rough summer because I don't have air conditioning and it was hot. And it's like, as as you, I don't wear shorts. But a long, flowy bohemian dress is like super cool, you know, like you can stay physically cool um, in the summer. I love that you can throw one on and look like you're put together. I also love that your hair can be messy. <laughs> like, I swear, I could wake up and I could throw a bohemian dress on and people will be like, oh, you look so nice. That's but like, the truth. I just threw a dress on. I know. It's like wearing a long t-shirt. They're so comfortable. They're flattering. I mean, the, they're basically like wearing stretch pants. Like there's no, nothing's binding you. Nothing's <laughs> Super binding flattering. you. And I think that's in general for dresses. Yes. I, the same thing happens. Sometimes in the morning, it takes me less time to throw on a dress than it does to even throw on yoga leggings and a tank top. Oh, and completely. then everyone's like, look at you. Look at you at 830 yep. in the morning. Where are you going? Um, well, I basically just took my pajamas off and threw this on. Yep. I barely put a bra on. You're very lucky. Mm -hmm. And so I agree. Dresses are it. And I will say, you have nailed, you have nailed the bohemian dress look. You have well, found you a lot. Well, you do know that, like, I found the perfect dress on Amazon. I know. Well, I know. And I posted about it. And so many people bought this that it was like a joke. Like, I went to Mom 2 Summit and saw three different people wearing the dress who came up to me <laughs> and were like, I'm wearing the dress. Like, the it dress. became a thing. I will link up to the dress on selfiepodcast.com. I have it in five colors. Oh, my goodness. It's like a belted moo-moo that goes all the way down to the floor. You look great in those dresses. It's so flattering. I wear it just about every day. And seriously, like, I'll wear that dress, and I'll pick my girls up from school, and their friends will say, your dress is so pretty. It's like, they're just... They're pretty. They're feminine. I love it. And can you get them on Amazon Prime? <laughs> um, yes, you can have one in two days. <laughs> Instant gratification. And they're cheap. That's huge yeah. for me. Uh, okay, you definitely need to link to those dresses on I Amazon. I will link to the dress. And then I'm going to give you one, one last link to look at in the high-waisted category. <laughs> Just be quiet and humor me. Be quiet. Uh, that sounded like Donald Trump. Be quiet. Be quiet. Okay. Sorry. Um, anyway, so have you heard of Everlane? I just became acquainted with Everlane. Okay. I love Everlane because they're- Of course you do. Well, it's so you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But they're, they're very, eth you know, they're ethically minded. It's a good company, but like they kind of cut out the middleman. So prices are pretty low and they just came out with their denim line. This came out mm. very recently and they have uh, a skinny jean. They have a boyfriend jean. And then another one. I can't remember what it is. But they come in three different waists. So they have the low waist, the mid-rise, and the high-rise. And the mid-rise is the most flattering thing I've ever seen. 
and they're not super high. So we're not going up to the belly button. We're going like an inch below the belly button, but they're high enough that you feel held in. And just the way the denim itself is like the old school, hundred percent cotton, even though I don't believe it's hundred percent cotton, but it still feels that way. Kind of <laughs> stiff, you know, I think yeah. it's like 1% something, but they are so flattering. And whenever I wear them, people are like, where did you get them? And best part, drum roll, please. They're $68. What? $68 for any pair of their jeans. High waist, low waist, mid, any color, the whole thing. You guys have got to check them out. I'm obsessed. That's a good price for jeans. $68? That's amazing. I think that's a great price. So I do too. I don't know. I wear jeans all the time, so it's just kind of important to me. I'll, I'll pay I'll pay a premium. So I was really pumped to see $68 jeans. You know what's really funny, Sarah, is you got me on that because I used to buy really cheap jeans. And I remember distinctly you saying you wear your jeans all, you know, all the time. Yeah. And so it's the one thing that you should really spend a lot of money on. And so I did start buying less jeans, yes. more quality jeans, and it is a game changer. It's, it's much better. You Every, were right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Every pair of jeans I own, besides the Everlane, which just came out, are by Citizens of Humanity, and I'm not going to lie. They're expensive, but they fit my body well, and they last for years and years and years and years. So yeah. I feel like the return on investment is huge because I wear well, them all You know all the time. where I get all my jeans, which is not where you would think? My jeans are all from Stitch Fix. Oh, yeah. You love Stitch Fix. They have great jeans. Yeah, I did not know that. I do. I love the Stitch Fix. I will link up if you are not a Stitch Fix member. Highly recommend. And one fun thing you can do on Stitch Fix is you can actually ask for you know, a box of just jeans. Like you can have a just jeans mug. Oh, I Try would Try them that. all on. Return the ones that don't work. But yeah, they have great jeans. Okay. Well, I've just learned a new tip. Lots of <laughs> tips. Lots of tips. Okay. So what do we have coming up? Next week. Well, next week, we are talking about hair. What we just talked about hair, Kristen. Not the hair on your head, Sarah. (laughs) Well, where are you talking about, Kristen? We are having an episode dedicated to the hair down there. Pubic hair. Let's talk about pubic hair for 30 minutes. We're going to, Sarah. (laughs) And you know what? I think I could talk about it for longer than 30 minutes. There's a lot to cover. We're going to talk about ways of removing. We're going to talk about the socio-cultural impact of pubic hair removal. We're going to talk about lasering, shaving. We're going to talk about going gray down there because that's the thing I've heard. I don't know. I've heard. Uh, I had a other people. I had a friend that happened to a friend. Yeah. 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 So we're going to talk a lot about (laughs) pubic hair. I'm really excited. I kind of am too. Okay, what else? What else? Well, we're going to talk about the art of detachment. So this is a more serious topic, but um, we're going to talk about what detachment means, what healthy detachment means. Um, And some of this is in line with codependency, um, but detachment is a way of caring for yourself in the midst of tumultuous relationships. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about tattoos. Do you have one? I have two. You have two tattoos. I do. One of them is almost all the way removed. Well, I know. You've (laughs) been removing one. Forever. Forever. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We will talk about that next week. And if you guys are on Apple Podcasts and enjoying this, please give us a review. You know we're new and we'd love to see what you have to say. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. 
continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.